Good morning, good morning. Breakfast is dedicated in loving memory and Lilui Nishmat Shoshana Batlea Alea Shalom, sponsored by Cookie and Stanley Chira. <clears throat> the Pasuk says, Ani Yosef Achechem, I am Yosef, your brother. Hashem Oti you sold me to Egypt. Ve'ata, and now, Al Don't be upset, don't be sad. Because God sent me here, He sent me here for the purpose of bringing everybody back to life for food. He sent me here to be able to sustain the whole family, in fact, even the whole region. Rabutai, I want to share something with you that I found so beautiful about this one statement that Yosef makes. And that is, What does ve'ata mean? With an ayin. And now, Don't be upset. Don't be sad. What does he mean? And now don't be sad. Rabutai, we mentioned yesterday that the greatest rebuke ever said in this world were the words of Yosef, Ani Yosef. I am Yosef. They were so embarrassed that they moved back. They couldn't open their mouths. They were stunned. They were, uh, they were, uh, they were, they were, their words escaped them. They couldn't say, they couldn't even say anything. Rabutai, but listen to this. They're humiliated in front of Yosef. They're embarrassed in front of Yosef. All the realization hits in a ton of bricks. Not just that his dream came true, but that all this time that they've suspected him of being a power-hungry brother, it was all not true. It was their own insecurities. He actually was telling the truth the whole time. You know what that must have felt like? He was right and they were wrong. Says Yosef, I know you're humiliated. I know you feel terrible. But don't be sad. Why? Because You thought to do bad, but God intended it for the good. Now let me ask you, if God intended it for the good, but I intended it for the bad, why should I feel any less bad? That's kind of like saying, I pulled the trigger on a guy, I tried to kill him, Hashem makes the bullet ricochet off the thing, it doesn't kill him, Baruch Hashem, he's saved. Don't be sad, Hashem thought good. Yeah, but I'm still a murderer. In this moment, they discovered that they were, they were people that sold their own brother down to slavery. In what world should they not be sad? Rabotai, sometimes people use emunah as a crutch. They use their faith as a crutch. As an example, you have a guy, he's afraid of committing to a girl. He's dating, he's dating, he's dating, but Minan, ages and age law, a long time. And you know what? Keeps, you know, people keep nudging him. No? No? When's a, when's a big day? The father-in-law is giving him eyes every time he sees him. You know, what's going on? What are your intentions? Come on, close the deal. You know the song, signed, sealed, delivered? Yalla, sing the song. Rabotai, the guy decides he can't commit. He can't commit. There's a big disease in uh, New York City. It's not the flu, Rabotai. It's not Ebola, but it's almost as dangerous. You know what the disease of New York City is? Options. Everyone's looking over the shoulder of the girl they're dating for the next girl. They're looking over the shoulder of the guy they're dating for the next guy. So the biggest disease of New York City is the community is so big, there's so many Jews here, there's always somebody else, probably someone's gonna be better. Why should I marry this person? Why should I take this job? Is going to be something else? And people all the time, they, uh, because of the options, the dreams that they have for something else, don't settle on the berachah that's right in front of their eyes. Okay? Imagine this guy, Mr. Uh, no Options, Mr. Options Man. Okay? 
He decides, you know what, I don't know, I can't commit. Meanwhile, what happens? He can't give an answer. The girl says, Hadji, I'm not wasting any more of my time. My clock is ticking, I'm out. She leaves. Two, two weeks later, three weeks later, he hears, who's she dating? One of, his, uh, one of his old friends from college. Good guy, he sees them get married. He's even invited to the wedding. It's awkward, but he's invited to the wedding. He goes to the wedding, he sees the, the kala walk down the aisle. He knows what a great girl she is. He knows what an unbelievable wife she's gonna make, what a fantastic mother she's gonna make. And what does the guy say in his head? It wasn't meant to be. Dib, what do you mean it wasn't meant to be? You made it not meant to be by not deciding to do your part, right? You decided not to choose, not to move, not to take the job, not to take the risk. You decided not to have the emunah to move forward, and now you're blaming God. What do you want from Hashem? Leave Him out of this. But we learn from this pasuk something different. The pasuk tells us that brothers in this scenario, what did they do? Their intentions were to sell their brother. But, but Yosef says to the brothers, Maybe at the time you made a mistake, a terrible mistake. Maybe at the time, my brothers, you know, you did something terribly wrong. But now, now that we are here, Bore Olam has a plan. So I want to ask you a simple question. If Bore Olam's plan is always what's going to happen, so it almost means that we can't make any mistakes. So what is our free will? What, what does it do? How does, if we have the choice to be able to do something, so then where's God's place in this? And if we don't, where is our place in it? Rabotai, do you hear the question? At the, at the core of Judaism, the most fundamental principle of Judaism is that there is free will. So if without that, Judaism crumbles. Why? Because I'm just a victim of a bunch of things. I can't decide. I'm a product. I'm natured. I'm nurtured. I am where I am. I, I, and therefore, so where, where is, which way does it go? Rabotai, there's a machloket between the Ora Hayim and Ramban about this exact point. Can someone who has free will affect something against God's will? Powerful question. If they cannot, where's their free will? If they can, what do you mean? You could dictate to God, I thought God's in charge. One of the opinions of, uh, 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 in the Rishonim is that actually, that a person who's a Baal Bechira, they could choose to do something against God's will. That's at least what they say on the surface level. You could choose only a Baal Bechira. In fact, according to this, they explained something magnificent. What Yehuda said to the brothers was, let's not sell him, let's not kill him. We don't want his blood on our hands, says Reuven. We don't want his, uh, you know, the, this on our conscience. What should we do instead? Throw him into the pit. Says the Gemara in Shabbat, Haborik, the pit was empty, and Bomaim, there was no water in it. The Gemara in Shabbat says, there was no water in the pit, but in the pit there were snakes and there were scorpions. Let me ask you a question, friends. You don't want to sell him. You don't want to hurt him. You're going to throw him in a pit. But you're going to throw him in a pit with snakes and scorpions. It's the same thing. Answer the Mifarshim. It's not the same thing. Because the snakes and scorpions, they don't have free will. If he's not supposed to get hurt, uh, an animal, a an, uh, person that's not acting with intent 
they cannot bring or visit damage upon the person. But if they had sold him as Ba'alei Bechira, then maybe they were making a mistake. So their way of testing whether or not what they were doing was correct or not was throwing him to the wolves, so to speak, and seeing what would happen there. The other opinion is, it's not true. Even a, a Ba'al Bechira, even someone who has free will, right? Even they, they can't mess with God's plan. And what does that mean? It means that you could choose to be a murderer and you could pull the trigger, but who says you're gonna hit the shot? I don't know if you saw, there was a video of this guy who stood up in a church and he started shooting in the church. I don't know if you saw this video. Some guy stands up in the back, puts a stance, shoots him one shot across the church, one shot nails him in a combat situation with lots of people in the way. That's a very rare thing, Rabotai, for someone to be able to hit like that. So you know what, a guy could shoot, you know, if Hashem, the, the guy could miss. The gun could jam. How many stories do we hear? Unfortunately, during the Holocaust of people who had a gun put to their, to their head, they thought their life was over. The gun jammed last minute. The guy beat him up instead of shooting him in the head. I've heard that story three different times at least. Okay? So things like that could happen. Number one. Number two, Rabotai, second understanding of this is something that my rabbi explained to us to bring the two opinions together. Really, a person can never do anything against the will of God. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will always decide, with or without a free will being involved, God will always decide the outcome. Okay? But what do you mean? Where's my free will? And this is how my rabbi explained it. He said, imagine I'm walking down the street. Do I have a right to exist to life in this moment? No, not yes, not no. But God, He's giving me credit right? Maybe I'm not the biggest Sadiq. He's giving me credit. He's allowing me to carry on my life even though maybe I don't deserve it. Even though I have some Averot, Hashem says, like we say, Erech Apaim, God, He delays His anger. He says, you know, I'm going to give the guy Til Kippur. I'm going to give the guy another year. Let me see. Hopefully he'll change his ways. Okay? However, what happens if I close my eyes and step into the street and I cross a busy street? In that moment, when a person is required to rely on miracles, what does Yaakov say? Yaakov says, I am small from all of the kindnesses and all of the truth that you have done with me. If a person is in a situation of a miracle, where he needs a miracle, you need to be existing on a much higher plane. Could you understand that? Does that make sense? Let's imagine in real life, Someone comes up to someone and they say to him, listen, honey, I need a dollar. Could you lend me a dollar? I'm very hungry. I need a coffee. I need a drink, something. I need a, something to eat, a sandwich. You might give him a dollar. How about if a guy is standing outside of the most expensive restaurant in New York City? He said, I'm very hungry. Could you treat me to a Wagyu beef dinner? What are you going to tell the guy? Minen Lewen, who are you? I don't know who you are. Minen Lewen, sorry, in Arabic means from where to where. Now, otherwise, I get hate mail from the people listening who don't know what I'm saying, okay? Minen Lewen, I'm standing, you asked me to take you out for a dinner. I never, you know, we're not on a date, you know, I'm, I'm already married. Khalas, get out of my face. Right, I'm not going to take you to a, to a beautiful restaurant. You see, when the ask is bigger, the relationship needs to be bigger. If God is letting you walk down the street, God's, he'll cut you that, he'll cut you that check. But for you to cross the street without looking, for God to have the bus swerve and miraculously save you, you need to have Ms. Sport in the bank. 
You need to be able to have those merits. The machloket between the Rishonim is, one opinion says, God's plan is always in effect. The other opinion says, yes, that's true. But I could drag you into court. If I shove you in front of a bus, I'm dragging you into court. And now you're in court on the witness stand. What happens to you now is now God judges you based on what you got in the bank. You see, without you, I didn't have a court date. But if I've got the funds, I get out of that situation even if you pulled me into court. Does everyone see the nafkamina? Says Yosef to the brothers, it is true that you had evil or negative intentions. It is true. You pulled me in. But ve'ata, now, because although you have to do your teshuvah between you and Shamaim, God is very forgiving. You'll pray, Hashem will forgive you. What you need most of all to worry about when you hurt other people is the damage you've done to a person. Rabotai, and most of all, damage you do to a person when the person is no longer alive. I had a boy come to me once a long time ago. He was involved in a freak accident. What happened? He was driving his car in Eretz Israel in one of the holidays. And what's it called? The roads are very twisty and, tur- and turny. You know, and he wanted to make sure he was on the right road. He took his eyes off the road for one second and he looked at his navigation, his phone, to see the, the, the maps. In that one second, right around the curb, some kid was crossing the road. He hit the kid. On impact, he killed him. The boy came to me at the Kotel. He said to him, he's crying, crying. He says, Rabbi Fari, he says, I was wanting to reach out to you. I said, so why didn't you? He says, I was ashamed. He says, because of my stupidity or my carelessness, someone is not alive. He says, every night, the only thing I dream, I don't dream of anything else, every night, I dream of that moment when my car hit this child. He says, I could hear the sound, I could feel the impact in my dreams. He says, I wake up every single night. He says, and I've prayed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so many tears I can't count. So many prayers I can't count. He says, but there's nothing I could do. How could I do Teshuvah? I cannot bring this child back to his parents. I've given them money, I've sponsored, paid for their other children, I've helped the other kids get married, I've done everything, he says. But I can never bring them back their child. Yosef says to the brothers, you had a negative intention. Right? But God's intention here was for something else. So you know what? You square that with Hashem. Hashem had a good reason. He had a good thing going. His intentions were for you to bring me down to Egypt so that I could provide for the family during these months of famine. So you square with God. But now you're looking at me. You see me here. I, through all that I went through, I'm now the king, the, the viceroy of all of Egypt. Don't cry for me, Argentina. All the brothers said, what's Argentina? Yosef said, you'll know in a little while. Do you understand this, Rabbi What we learn from this is that a lot of times, even when I don't have the right intentions, even when I'm making avon, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is still looking out for me.
he still has the most amazing moves. Now, I don't know if any of you plays chess. I'm not a huge chess player. I don't love it, but some people love chess. A good chess player, it doesn't matter if you go first or he goes first, does it? You flip a coin, you go first, you think you're gonna win now against Kasparov, right? It doesn't matter. You move this one, he's got a counter move. You move this one, he's got a counter move. You move this one and then this one and then this one and this one, he's got a counter move for every move that you've done. All he does is rearrange the billions of possibilities that he has. Bore Olam is a better chess player than Kasparov, a better chess player than Deep Blue. Okay? The machine that they developed to eventually beat the Russian uh, grandmasters. Whatever you do, God has a counter move. Ve'ata, here you are. So Rabotai, all that leaves, that, that remains for us to do is to pray, not just to do Teshubah between us and God, but when we've hurt someone or we've done something, especially when it's something which we cannot reconcile and you cannot make right. You hurt someone, you took business away from them, you, uh, you did something in their family, you, 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 know, you said something about them when they were dating, the other person you know, decided to go another way, etc., etc. When you can't fix it, there's two things you need to do. Number one, Teshuvah to Hashem. And the second thing is to pray that for that person, the situation gets better. My rabbi taught me something that I thought was also very powerful. I said to him, so what happens in a case where the Baal Bechira pulls the guy into court and the guy doesn't have the zechut? My rabbi said, Hasur Tamim Paolo. God is a rock whose justice is perfect. Tamim Paolo. El Emunah Ve'en Avel. He's a God of, of Emunah of faith. There's no mistakes. He doesn't do wrong by anybody. You know what he said? He said, when this person goes to Shamaim, along with all the mitzvot that they did, along with all the reward that they get in Olam Abba, there's a separate storehouse for them. A separate reward that they get in the world to come. And the guy's not going to know. What is this for? I didn't do all these mitzvot. What is this? And my rabbi explained that that person gets paid by God for keeping the game running. Imagine if you shoved someone in front of a bus and the bus would split around him and make you know, come back together because he didn't deserve to die. Imagine if you shot a guy in the head 50 times, you stabbed him and the guy in his skin, it was like it wasn't penetrated. Imagine all these things. You witnessed open miracles. What would happen to our world if we witnessed open miracles every day? The game that we're playing, the game of free will, the game of the choice between the Yetzirah and the Yetzirah, the game of Olam Azeh and Olam Abba, it would disappear in a second. If every Sadiq, everything went right for him, he opens the page to pray, it opens on the right page. He reaches his hand in his pocket, he has an unending flow of money in his pocket, miraculously. He goes to a restaurant, he doesn't even need a waiter, he just thinks what he wants, it appears on his plate. You think there would be a single Rasha in our world? Every Rasha is on the street, homeless, he can't eat. Every Sadiq is living in a palace, gets whatever he wants, served by waiters. In that world, where you have the miracles, where everyone gets to see it, then there is no Olam Abba. Because you know what? The choice, there's no tension, there's no challenge to make the right choice. So when someone pays the ultimate price because he lives in this world, 
that requires free will to make people great, if he kept the game running, then Borei Olam gives him a tremendous reward. And I thought to myself once, could you imagine, all of the sudden, out of nowhere, a guy maybe who didn't learn Torah, maybe didn't do mitzvot, he's in a situation where everyone's mitzvot in the world, everyone's Torah in the world, everyone's Olam Azeh and Olam Abba exists because of him. That's a pretty hefty zechut. El emunah ve'en avel. Ve'ata al te'atsevu. Look back at your life and find the mistakes that you made. But find a joy, find a simcha in knowing that Borei Olam is the ultimate chess player. And that ultimately nothing gets left on the field. And God has a million ways uh, to score a touchdown. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.